Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy updates. Back on Weekend Fantasy Update, it is hour number two. We're talking football now. Uh, in hour number three, we're going to talk a little bit more hoops. My buddy Kevin Walsh, who used to host this show with me on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, will join us. He's uh, He and I go back and forth a lot on the Warriors, which is why I wanted to have him on. Um, he hates the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a Warriors fan. Uh, I'm a fan of them in that they play great basketball, but I don't care if they win or lose I think it'd be cool to see them win, be uh, three in a row, three peep. But I don't, I don't really care. Uh, good for Kawhi, good for Toronto, good for them if they're able to pull this off. But he really hates the Warriors, and um, I tend to needle him a bit about it. And he just thinks that I'm a Warriors fan. I'm not. I'm a Knicks fan. That's been terrible for twenty years. Mm. And uh, you know, I like Steph Curry. I like KD. I hope he plays here next year. But I don't know. I, he just gets very, he's very upset. He gets very upset with the Warriors. He was particularly upset with the Warriors when they got Boogie Cousins. He was upset with the Warriors, A. Then they got Kevin Durant, and it went to another level. Then they signed Boogie Cousins about, you know, during the summer, and his head nearly exploded on air. So uh, that's where we're at, and that's why he's going to be on the next hour. So uh, let's talk a little bit of football. Somebody had a good week, and his name was Carson Wentz. They locked Carson, the Eagles locked Carson Wentz up for six years, one base value of one hundred fifty-four point seven million. Uh, the four-year extension has a base value of one twenty-eight. But uh, however, there this is according to Pro Football Talk. There are no actual contract extensions, but only new contracts written and executed from scratch. So it's really a six-year deal with a base value of one fifty-four. Um, so a lot of numbers going around. The guarantees really exceed a hundred million. The guarantees reportedly exceed 100 million. So, uh, yeah, he lands behind only Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers as far as average annual salary, uh, based on total value though, uh, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo are in front of him as well. But, the Eagles are in that tricky situation where they wanted to make a decision. So Foles walks, obviously. They bet on the young, talented quarterback. But he does have injuries, multiple injuries, mm-hmm. multiple season-ending injuries. So I don't think they could have really waited it out too much longer. They were going to have to make a decision, and they decided to make it now. Look, they made the decision when they allowed uh, Nick Foles to to leave, right? So they got to stand yep. behind, you know, what what they decided on, and that's that Wentz was going to be their quarterback of the future. And you're right, you know, past couple of years of season-ending injuries. If I'm not mistaken, he also had uh, some injury issues while in college. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm looking uh, last year, uh, according to Fantasy Football Today, averaged 22 fantasy points per game season prior to that. 25 so look i mean they're all in on him and and they need to be right i mean uh, because at this stage uh Foles is going to be uh working in jacksonville now <laughs> yeah and Foles is was much you know as an older player uh yeah he, i don't fault that, that was never really that. a debate for me that was never really a debate. yeah they're like they're obviously going to go with wentz uh it was yeah, nice to have I them both there you. But mm-hmm. Foles is a starting quality quarterback that you can't keep as a backup for mm-hmm. forever. 
it, it helped right. them to win a Super Bowl and the fact that they have a backup quarterback that was really capable. Um, I don't blame the Eagles for letting him go. I don't blame Foles for wanting to try to be a starting quarterback exactly and right. getting a big payday. I'm happy for totally both agree. sides. Totally agree. So, but it does beg the question of, you know, there's a few teams that get put in these positions, and it's not particularly easy. You obviously know you have a capable QB. He works well with Doug Peterson. They have a team with a bunch of veterans that are still in win-now mode. They have a lot of guys locked up, tackles, you know, centers, wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson are there. Zach Ertz is obviously going to be here for a long time. Now Wentz is here for a long time. Lane Johnson, I think, has Kelsey already. So they have a team that's in win-now mode. The quarterback position now has stability. I have a lot of questions about his injury history. But you also can't – you can only talk around it so much before the guy ends up getting the extension or you cut him. What will be the worst possible scenario is if he gets hurt again this year because then you have a guy who it's just year over year is getting hurt and you're on the hook for all this money. So it was inevitable. Um, it, there's probably not much debate to go around, but I, I am not of the opinion that Wentz is going to return to MVP form automatically. Derek Carr played like an MVP at one point. That's several years in the rearview mirror. Wentz's MVP form is now a couple of years in the rearview mirror, but um, you start to wonder, do the injuries and other stuff start to pile up where he can't quite get back to where he was a couple of years ago? He's still young enough that I... You have to have some faith, but I do wonder that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got, in a way, he has a lot of pressure on him. Uh, number two pick overall in the 2016 draft. And the fact that before he went down, you know, two seasons ago with that uh, season-ending injury late in the year, yeah, he was really uh, playing lights out. So 33 there touchdowns, are, seven picks. Yeah. Yeah, there are expectations for him, uh, unfortunately, you know, based on, on his – what he did on the field, but uh, I mean, last week, uh, me and Brian, uh, we did, uh, we went through the uh, Eagles schedule. We had him at nine wins. We had the uh, Cowboys at nine wins, and uh, just looking at the rest of the NFC East, just for the heck of it, we we uh, uh, Giants. Uh, we actually had the Giants, I think, at six wins. So yeah, but uh, look, it's going to be an interesting year for for Wentz. He's got to stay healthy. You know, that's he's got to put this behind him. He's got to put this this whole injury talk behind him. And, yeah, uh, and this, and he doesn't have to worry about his contract stuff for really. The right, rest this of his is life. all about. Yeah, he's, right. Doesn't have to ever worry about money again, mm -hmm. and the only time he's got to worry about his next contract is if he plays great for the next four years. Then they can right. start thinking about the next extension or the next five years. You know, like to, I, I think of Matt Ryan a lot in this regard because it, there's never been any drama with Matt Ryan. And I'm not patting him on the back because he's point. a DC yeah. guy and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But never once. He was the number three pick overall. He played really well. The next contract comes up, it's done. The next contract comes up, it's done. Matt Ryan's in his third deal right now. So... And never was there the stuff that happened in Seattle where, like, Russell Wilson may want out. Maybe the Giants can trade for him. All its rumors are probably stupid, but it's never happened with Matt Ryan. And maybe Wentz, uh, maybe the Eagles can have the same kind of thing. Now, he's dealt with injuries that Matt Ryan never dealt with, and Matt Ryan's played just about every game in his career. Um, but that's sort of an ideal scenario. Matt Ryan's played like an MVP. You know he can come this close to winning a Super Bowl. That's sometimes, you know, are there better QBs than Matt Ryan? Sure. Yeah, there's a few guys out there that are better. I think he's underrated a little bit still because people negatively apply that Super Bowl to him, that Super Bowl loss to him. But I think that's what you really want, ideally, is a guy that just keeps getting it done. He doesn't bitch and moan, and then they plop a huge amount of money on his desk. I mean, it's easy for him, mm -hmm. too. Right. He's, I think Matt Ryan, by the end of his career, 
I would imagine Matt Ryan will retire. I, I've sort of tracked this in the past, and it's possible somebody like Russell Wilson can pass him. But Matt Ryan is going to be possibly the number one seed as far as all-time NFL salary. He's going to clear bucks when it all is said and done. He's going to have like 75,000 passing yards. He's got an MVP. Hopefully he'll get a Super Bowl. But uh, I just think of his career and how smooth it's been. You know, Eli's career has been smooth, too, until the last two years. (laughs) And now everybody's piled on him. But I think of it in that way. And maybe the Eagles are trying to emulate that in some ways. Yeah, I I agree with you in terms of Ryan being uh, unheralded uh, last season. Just under 5,000 passing yards, 49-23, 35 TDs, seven interceptions. Uh, and to me, Matt Ryan the was only awesome point last that, year. Yeah, yeah. And he was uh, number four in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks with 26. And you take out Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> who was number two with uh, just under 27. And he, he, you know, he was number three. To me, that's, that's the big stat is fantasy points per game. And we could take a look at overall stats. But what would you do on a per-game basis? But uh, Matty Ryan, definitely uh, under... Underlooked. Uh, I was screaming from the rooftops to draft Matt Ryan last year because that was a double-digit mm-hmm. round pick. I really mm-hmm. yeah. liked their ability to come back offensively. Um, mm-hmm. They just didn't get it done defensively last year. So um, Matt Ryan always a good. I, and unfortunately, his value will inflate again because people realize he was good last year. There's all these ebbs <laughs> yes. and flows in Matt Ryan's value. The year after the yep. Super Bowl wasn't so great, and then the next year he was really good again. He he's had some. Mm-hmm. Um, He's always good, but he's had these a couple of breakout years too. Obviously, with the MVP, and then last year the thirty-five touchdowns. So that's in on Carson Wentz. A little bit more on those. Um, well, why don't we go to the Texan story when it comes to the GM drama? Because so this is according to uh, Pro Football Talk after a thorough evaluation. Of our football operations, we have decided to relieve Brian Gain of his duty as general manager, Texan chairman and CEO Cal McNair said in a statement. Brian is a man of high character. We appreciate his contribution to our organization. We'll begin an immediate search for a new GM in the interim. Senior VP of Football Administration Chris Olson will be running the operations. The timing is unusual. We made this decision in the best interest of our organization organization in our quest to build a championship team for the city of Houston. Now, Gain was hired in January 2018 when former GM Rick Smith took a leave of absence to be with his wife as she battled cancer. So January 2018, it's, you know, it's uh, 15 months ago. 15? Am I doing bad math? 17 months ago? 17 months ago. Uh, He really didn't have a lot of time to put his stamp Mm -hmm. on it. So he basically ran two drafts and he didn't have the full cycle the first time, and I guess he did get two free agency periods just based on yes. the timing of it, and they don't Something feel like they're that much right. further along. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's more to it. It doesn't seem right that – exactly. And I don't know if we'll ever find out, but you don't let a guy – uh, you know, manage your free agency process for the 2019 season, uh, manage your draft. And then, you know, a month later you say, okay, you know, uh, I think it's best for all of us. If, you know, so here it on. is <laughs> from earlier this morning. So that story I read was from yesterday. I knew it. I knew he was in the middle of it. The Texans fired general manager, Brian Gain on Friday in part because he and head coach Bill O'Brien were not seeing eye to eye. John McCain, John McClain, who I've spoken to on air in the past of the Houston Chronicle reports, Gaines' relationship with O'Brien has eroded. Uh, so now the question is how much influence O'Brien will have over McNair's decision in hiring the next GM if he has any say. Adam Gase all over pa- again. <laughs> Patriots director of player personnel Nick Casario would certainly be a strong candidate. They tried to interview him before hiring Gain, and the Patriots blocked the interview. So O'Brien and Casario work together in New England and are close mm-hmm. friends. So that's it. Bill O'Brien has really exerted his power in this organization in the past he had differences with rick smith too and here they are maybe he didn't like the way these drafts went or he didn't feel like he signed enough guys during the free agency period you know they had teron mm-hmm. matthew and now he's gone they're dealing with the jadavian Clowney franchise tag hanging over their head they haven't a, a a rising star quarterback unless you think he's already a star and the best receiver in the NFL by some people's mm-hmm. opinion, some people's measurements. He's great. 
DeAndre Hopkins. But they can't get it done. They have all these star players on defense. They haven't been able to get it done. So I think O'Brien just wants somebody that's on the same page as him, and maybe he didn't feel like Brian Gain was that guy. So interesting. I, I knew there was more to it when I read it yesterday. It couldn't be that, ah, uh, well, they they did try to interview a bunch of guys when Rick Smith stepped down, and they got blocked. They tried to interview two guys from the Patriots, got blocked. There was another Joe Douglas was one of the guys that they wanted, the Jets' new GM. He was in Philly. Right. They requested an interview. They blocked him at the time. So maybe they just felt like they took what was left, and it, it ended up not being a good fit. Tough situation for Gain, but Bill O'Brien obviously has a lot of control within this organization. He lobbied ownership, and he won. Yep. And coming off of an 11-game win uh, season, right, they won the division. So uh, it, it is odd. But, hey, look, <clears throat> you know, like I said, Adam Gase all over again, you know, and, and uh, O'Brien has shown, uh, I guess, that he has uh, well, Bill O'Brien, a big say. I know, I've talked to Cam and, and Gabe about this, mm-hmm. and they are not fans of Bill O'Brien. But he has won some things. Adam Gase right. made a yeah. playoff game and mm-hmm. got hammered by the Steelers. Not entirely mm-hmm. his fault. But Adam Gase has he some has one of incriminating photos of uh, jet, jet ownership or something. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, from that standpoint, Bill O'Brien's resume is a lot more impressive than Adam Gase's. Now, Adam Gase is part of a Super Bowl winning team in Denver. Bill O'Brien, obviously, in, in New mm-hmm. England at some point, um, yeah. I believe. So, so there you are. I, you know, it's... Uh, it is a similar dynamic, though. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just uh, I'm going to take a little detour, but stick with the Texans. Uh, Kike Kute, any yeah. interest in him this year? Re- re- remember him? He always a lot of uh, talk about him. Then he ends up getting hurt or whatnot. You talked about the whole Hopkins. Year. He had yeah. one big game and he was hurt the whole year. Yeah, I have interest there for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I think we could talk. We'll take a look. Why don't we take a look at him and some other players too mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. the break? Take a look at where some of these rankings are falling in, in these best ball drafts and, and give you a sense of uh, our takes on some of these players. We're going to start to talk more football, obviously, as we get into June and, and July. Ramp it up. You know, mm-hmm. July 4th is only uh, a few weeks away. And generally by July 4th, we're, we're full on football. Still talk baseball. NBA free agency and all that kind of stuff, but especially we'll, if you're we'll still talk, in first uh, place in our league, you're going to be talking baseball, all right? Hell yeah! Well, <laughs> I, I, I dropped, I dropped a half game behind, so all right, I, 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 you're right there. <laughs> Texans plus two forty to win the division. I'm out on that. We'll be right back on Weekend Fantasy FC. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Weekend Fantasy Update. We're here until 11 o'clock today. And we hand it over to George Kurtz and Camp Stewart. They'll be taking you through the live baseball games that start on you know, Saturday it's, afternoon. It's, Mike, it, up, it's, it's National Best Friends Day. We just heard the uh, the promo for the Best Friends Forever. So uh, just want, want to let you know that, uh, you know, Shout the, the out day, to those uh, guys. Shout out to those guys. They look, they're, they're moving, they're shaking. They got a day name after them. National Best Friends. They do. Day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, and I know schedules have changed a little bit there on that front because we have Fantasy Football Frenzy has moved to just after the morning after show. So that's now 11 to 12 weekdays. And then Craig Mish, a new addition to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, is 12 to 2 every day. He is now doing Fantasy Sports Today. If you're wondering why this show isn't called Fantasy Sports Today, it's Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it will remain that um, moving 
forward. Uh, we'll have a new time as of next week. We'll shift it back an hour from 9 to 12, but we'll continue talking about the same stuff we've been talking you about. You get some extra along. beauty sleep there, Blewett. Yeah, I need it. That's. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to turn it around to be an actual beauty, but every minute helps. <laughs> it doesn't really matter because... <laughs> but it doesn't really matter because my daughter wakes up at 5.30 in the morning, so oh, I boy. can't really sleep in. But that's uh-huh. just the... That's just really the the nature of it. So I, you know, but I'll I'll take what I can get. Maybe sure. it, maybe allows me to get a quick run in in the morning or something like that. You know, Oof, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not guaranteeing it, but maybe <laughs> maybe it can help. So all right, let's let's look at some let's look at some players because you you piqued my interest here about. Uh, Let's see what what let's see what's happened in the last week in uh, our drafts here. Let's go to all. Since you talked about wide receivers, uh, I'm gonna pull this up right now. So this is NFBC, so NFFC, excuse me. So um, right now, no surprises. DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, the first ones off the board. Then you have Michael Thomas. Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Juju, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, A.J. Green. That's your top 12. Interesting to see Amari Cooper back in the elite throws. But the way he played in Dallas last year, uh, I'm not surprised at all. Um, You got Diggs and Thielen, the two guys after that. And let's see where your boy Kiki Kuti is. 39th wide receiver off the board. I think that's about right. That's where I would have guessed. Mm -hmm. He's right behind... New England first-round pick Nikhil Harry and James Washington right in front of Sterling Shepard and Nicole Hardman in Kansas City. Um, there's been some stories about Tyreek Hill now where he's not actively being investigated by yeah. prosecutors in relation to that allegation or multiple allegations. But the NFL is saying that that won't impact their investigation. So I think he's still... Are looking at his yeah, suspension Zeke didn't get Tyreek arrested, Hill. right? Uh, yeah, right. and they still suspended him for six games. So that's right. Uh, the NFL does their own uh, independent investigation, so it's not over yet. Yeah, right. Um, I would suspect some sort of suspension, but my initial thought is that the Chiefs were going to have to release him, but they they hung in there with it. And who knows? Maybe it's what Zeke looked at, just six games. Uh, I, I'm not going to speculate because I have no facts on the case whatsoever. And they're go- doing their own investigation. I haven't been able to figure out what they were doing in the past, so I'm not going to try to figure this one out. But Kiki Kuti around James Washington and Nikhil Harry, Sterling Shepard, Miko Hardman, Geronimo Allison a little bit further down, and Golden Tate. So of that grouping, who you feel most comfortable with? Give me those names again, because uh... Nikhil Harry, James Washington, Kiki Kuti, Sterling Shepard, Nicole Hardman, Geronimo Allison. Uh, call me crazy, but I think, I, and I'm not a homer, but I'm thinking uh, I'd, I'd rank them the top two out of that group: Sterling Shepard and James Washington. Uh, nah, Sterling Shepard at least is, the, yeah, yeah. Sterling Shepard has at least done it. You know, uh, in the past, uh, he's going to be playing more on the outside. And look, you know, no uh, OBJ. Uh, Eli's going to have to throw the ball to someone. And I think that the beneficiary is going to be Sterling Shepard. And uh, I am intrigued with James Washington, especially, you know, uh, second year wide receiver. Especially this price, too, Joe. Right here, these guys are wide Mm -hmm. receiver fours. We're talking like Mm -hmm. early wide receiver fours from this group. And I think yeah. as the season gets closer, James Washington's price will be higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you a sense, James Washington is ranked 38, Kiki Kuti 39, Sterling Shepard 40, and uh, so on. Nikhil Harry right in front of those guys. I do think there's a ton of upside for Nikhil Harry, but he's a rookie working in that Pat system. They obviously yeah. spent a lot on him to give you a sense of what they did recently. They spent a lot on... Sony Michelle, and he was utilized accordingly. Yes, he dropped a couple passes, and they didn't utilize him in the passing game much after that. But he was a very valuable fantasy asset at times last year when he wasn't injured. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when it comes I to Nikhil Harry, could I think Harry. Yeah, way. I mean, I, yeah, I think he's going to have a, a maybe two or three big games, 
and then the rest of them are going to be like you know what we've seen out of a lot of uh, Pat's wide receivers. The, the question is, uh, and rookie you know, wide you receivers, to... Joe. Rookie wide receivers yeah. are not a good bet. They're just not a good mm-hmm. bet. I agree with what you. What did yes. James Washington and Kiki Kuti do last year? Nothing. Mm, right, right. James Washington did zero, and he wasn't hurt. Kiku D mm-hmm. had one big game, and then was hurt the rest of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he has a real role in Houston. I think Washington just has the ability to conceivably take over that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster role. doesn't mean he's going to catch 100 mm-hmm. passes. I'm just saying that the upside there is his larger team yeah, no, I agree with than you. Kiki Kuti's yeah. upside. But uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Uh, a couple other guys here that you see a little bit further down. Let me see. I want to see where Deshaun Hamilton is. Yeah. So who would you rather have of the Denver wide receivers, Cortland Sutton or Deshaun Hamilton? Uh, remember, everyone was in on, uh, even me, I, I kind of liked uh, Cortland last year. I, I, I'll go Cortland. I mean, yeah. you know, again, he's he second-year wide receiver. Uh Really impressed <laughs> the Broncos in the preseason. Just uh, once he was given the opportunity, once uh, uh, help me out who was traded, uh, Demarius Thomas was traded. We expected yeah. Cortland Sutton to just go off. It didn't happen, unfortunately. But no, I'll give uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll give Sutton the, the, the nod here. Forty-four. He's ranked right now amongst wide receivers in the NFFC, and then Deshaun Hamilton all the way down at fifty-three. So people are agreeing with you right now. Other guys around Sutton are Golden Tate, Larry Fitz, Dee Westbrook. Uh, other guys around Deshaun Hamilton, Andy Isabella, Anthony Miller, Emmanuel Sanders, Zay Jones. So I think I read a story that Emmanuel Sanders is like uh, training. His training is coming along from uh, mm-hmm. the I still think he's, They said he's not going to be ready till like mid-July or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I would take him if the if the price was right, deep enough. But uh, of those names you just rattled off, uh, you know, a lot of fantasy guys have been in on D.D. Uh, Westbrook the past couple of years. Do you think that this might be the, the year? I, you know, again, if if he goes drops far enough, Foles has got to throw the ball to someone. I mean, there's really not much there in in, in Jacksonville. I know the offense is yeah. probably not going to be anything to. Right. Yeah, they drafted speedster DJ Chark last year, so he's going to have an have an opportunity. Marquise Lee is still there, so yeah, coming off an injury, right? It's not a it's not an offense that's built to be a, a prolific passing offense. It isn't correct. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get into these debates, we twist ourselves in knots, and be like, which Jacksonville <laughs> receiver would you take? Well, maybe none of right. them, or maybe one of them if it's <laughs> right. your fifth wide receiver. Um, right, but right. trying to sometimes you're trying to sift through and find out well which guy is going to be the top wide receiver in Jacksonville. Um, I don't know, maybe the top wide receiver in Jacksonville only has 60 catches and it's not that great in the first place. Mm-hmm. And somebody like Chark mm-hmm. is a, obviously a home run hitter with his speed. I I do like Westbrook's skill set. He's a really mm-hmm. explosive, playmaking type of player. The addition of Foles clearly helps him, and he would be. I believe the first guy you'd want in Jacksonville. Does that mean I pay much of a price for him? Marquise Lee is all the way down at 81st. Let me see what DJ Chark is. He's not even on the board here out of the 91 receivers that are ranked. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it helps him, but I, I don't have big expectations. It's almost like when people were, like last year, people were trying to figure out the Houston Texans backfield, right? Is Lamar Miller worth this price? Is Deontay Foreman, when he comes back from injury, can he make an impact? Well, the reality is nobody really made an impact because they can run the ball particularly well. Right. Because their offensive mm-hmm. line was terrible. So there's always a time to take somebody at an appropriate value. But sometimes we can twist our, like I said, uh, pull our hair out trying to figure out who the top guy is at a position on a team which isn't going to be particularly effective anyway so right right uh all right i'll give you see we got let's do do one more wide receiver would you rather have curtis samuel carolina local guy Mm -hmm. think he's from staten island or brooklyn or anthony miller Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I, I like uh, Samuel's uh, dyna- dynamic. You know, the guy could run a little bit. He could uh, like pass a little bit. Brooklyn. Come on now. Yeah, I am from Brooklyn originally. Maybe that's it. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> um, people really liked at, Anthony I mean, Miller last year. Yeah. The problem in Chicago is there's a lot of mouths to feed. And what Dane Martinez, right. my host, calls the fantasy herd. And mm-hmm. there's no real breakout there because there's a lot of guys to, that have to get the ball. They now drafted a running back in David Montgomery. They already have... Uh, uh, Tariq Cohen, they have Trey Burton there. They've got Mike other Davis. wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> and white, they've got a bunch of wide receivers. So Trey Burton's be a sneaky guy a... this year, you know. You, yeah, but you, I'm not you mentioned him yet. For him. I, I'm not going to pay much but, for him. Well, I mean, you've already said, and I kind of agree with you for the most part. We don't pay much for uh, for tight ends, so we yeah. would get him. Yeah, I mean, based on, I mean, he's kind of like you know a guy that you know, after the fact, uh, everyone was in on him last year. Oh, when he goes to Chicago, he's going to be awesome. He stunk last year, uh, so yeah. Yeah, maybe this could be it. You know, yeah. And uh, the wide receiver thing in Chicago. So you have Anthony Miller, um, Taylor Alan Gabriel, Robinson. and Allen Robinson are the other guys there. They drafted Riley Ridley in the fourth round. Cordero Patterson comes over from New England. I don't think he's going to be mm-hmm. much of a threat offensively. He's going to be, you know, a Swiss Army knife and a uh, impactful on special teams. But so there you go. Uh, I think I'd rather go with Samuel too because I'd be mm-hmm. interested in what that upside is. But I don't know. DJ Moore, Jarvis Wright, Torrey Smith, Curtis Samuel, Chris Hogan is there in Carolina now. It's a little ugly. So, and then you know we don't know uh, how healthy uh, Cam's going to be, right? That's going to be I another question. I expect him to come back. Okay, he was banged up a lot last year. Obviously. Okay, or it's like that commercial. You know, is it just okay? You ever see those yeah. commercials where they're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, how's this doctor? How's the surgeon? Well, he's okay. While the guy <laughs> is that what we're saying the about Cam Newton? We, we have a saying, right, right, right. If our brakes don't stop you, something else will. It's like, well, that's right, not a real right. saying. He's like, well, it is a saying because I said it. It's not safe. Uh, right. So are we going to get the just okay Cam Newton, or are we going to get oh, yeah. the uh, Cam Newton, the Superman Cam Newton? Well, it's a, that's there's a, a big delta there between the two. <laughs> His completion percentage was up last year because he's throwing a lot of shorter passes. But um, I'm going to change my mind on this one. I think I'd rather have Anthony Miller. I think you're going to have more opportunities of for because of the offense in general. I just don't know what okay. kind of confidence I have in the offense, but... I could probably go back and forth on this one because if we start yeah, seeing yeah. Cam Newton, if we start seeing that Cam Newton's fully healthy and uh, is fine, then maybe I gain some confidence back. But they still have some offensive line issues, and I think that was a major contributor as to why Cam got banged up last year. So, so there we go. You know, their first round pick wasn't an offensive player. They did draft an offensive tackle in Greg Little in round two. Um, he had maybe the worst combine of all time. One of them. But uh, they saw through that, and he was a talented player at Ole Miss, and I think that was a smart place to address a need. They went with the backup QB in round three, but I don't think there's any misgivings about Cam being the starter there for a long time, as long oh. as he can hold up. So, as long as he's healthy, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? Roethlisberger Second was— Second in a, a row, surgery— yeah, but Roethlisberger I, was a mash unit there for years, and he's still hanging in there. Mm-hmm. He still is. The problem with Cam is that he's had shoulder injuries, and that's mm-hmm. where it starts to get dicey as to whether or not he can continue to do it. So, right. Uh, all right, I'll give you one more before we go. I'll move a little bit higher up the draft board. Um, Mike Williams of the Chargers. Tyler Lockett. Calvin Ridley. Mm. Wow. So we're looking at Matty Ryan's uh, number two. Yeah. Looking at... Uh, I, I, Mike Williams, Calvin... I think Calvin Ridley, uh, followed by Mike Williams. Mike Williams is like a home run hitter, you know? 
uh, in terms, you know, he'll uh, hit it out of the park. He'll catch the deep pass. I think Ridley. I think Ridley, man. I, I give him seventy-five catches this year at least. What the receiving think? core in Seattle is Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, mm, David Moore, yeah, okay, great and point, Jerron Brown. <laughs> right. That's what that is. I think Tyler Lockett is going to really benefit from Doug Baldwin being gone. And yeah, he's going to be the number Metcalf one. This. I'll change my answer. You're right. They are yeah. going to run the ball more than any other team. The only team that ran the they ball more than them last year, last year. Were, mm-hmm. was the Ravens. Uh, you would mm-hmm. imagine they'll pull back a little bit on Lamar Jackson's rushing attempts and allow Seattle possibly move back into number one. So they won't throw a lot of passes, and I think – I think Tyler Lockett's got a real chance here. I like Ridley a lot as a player. but mm-hmm. And I probably would draft him over Tyler Lockett. But it's just noting that. Yeah, that no, that's a great core, point. That receiving core is him and a rookie. So we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more football. It's Mike and Joe and Weekend Fantasy Update on FNTSY. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. back on Weekend Fantasy Update. Mike and Joe talking a little football here. We got some hoops at the top of the hour. Do a little bit more baseball preview in the third hour as well. So, Joe, you were and I were chatting uh, off air about um, a little bit about Tyreek Hill and a little bit about OBJ. Had some comments for Eli. What was your perception there? Why don't you intro, why don't you set it up and I'll uh, comment. Uh, it's, it's a got to be careful this time of year there, Mike, because right we're in between, you know, there's some mini camps going on. But, uh, you know, other than that, there's just a lot of time for uh, football writers to, you know, come up with stuff. And, and you know, there yeah. was a talk where uh, OBJ was uh, talking about how, you know, he, uh, Baker Mayfield's throwing the ball a lot, a lot harder and uh, it's something he has to get used to. So he, he didn't mention Eli by name, but uh, Pat Shermer, Giants head coach, felt – uh, that he had to step in and say that he didn't think that it was uh, a personal dig at, uh, you know, uh, Eli and, and, you know, the Eli-OBJ relationship. I don't think they really had a great relationship, uh, OBJ and Eli, but I, I think that uh, the media is just trying to come up with some sensational kind of story. You know, look, uh, you know, OBJ is going to be OBJ. You know, he's going to just speak out. You know, I, I've th- there have been good things that have come out about uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, like his relationship with Kim Jones, who used to cover the Yankees, and she covers the Giants for the NFL Network. She had some serious health issues. He reached out to her. So, I mean, you know, he, he gets a lot of grief, and, and a lot of it's deserved uh, because he's just an outspoken guy. And uh, But uh, talented as all heck, missed a lot of games. But uh, like I said, I just think that the media is kind of trying to stir things up. They need to cover something, uh, you know, until football camps open in full. No? Yes, and this is the time of year that, like, there'll be, I think there'll be OTAs coming up here one more time, and then after that is when coaches panic and GMs panic because (laughs) the players have absolutely nothing to do, (laughs) and it's their last opportunity to go out and party a little bit before the season Mm -hmm. starts. And that's when, just historically, we've seen players get into trouble. Not a lot of guys. But it's usually a couple of incidents. We got some fireworks issues with a couple of players. We've got some DUIs. We get a few of that kind of thing. And I think young guys with a whole bunch of money would that with nothing to do would scare anybody, whether they're football players or not. So uh, we're approaching that time of year, and football writers are going to need some stuff to write about. And these are the mm-hmm. types of things in advance of that that I think get uh, probably more than it should. 
Uh, Tyreek Hill, we covered a little bit before. Did you have anything else on that? Just uh, about the the DA's comments will have no impact on the NFL reviewing the case. I don't know if you had anything else to add. Not really, but uh, look, you know, look, the, it is interesting how the Chiefs didn't uh, drop him, didn't cut him. Uh, but, uh, you know, w- w- I guess we'll see. Uh, I expect him to miss uh, a few games. You no. know, if you use Zeke's, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's uh you know, the six game suspension, I could see that him getting at least that much, in, in my opinion, uh, NFL still, still doing their independent uh, review. But look, I, I hate to say this because, you know, the, you want to separate, you know, f- what happens on the football field and the important stuff is, is that this, you know, this, this child is safe. But the, look, the Chiefs are probably in the back of their mind. They're not going to come out and say it, but they, they need him, <laughs> you know, they need him on that field. Yeah, I mean, they the NFL explained Michael Hardman, you know. Yeah, but still, <laughs> yeah, they the NFL explained. Uh, NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy told Pro Football Talk that the absence of of an active criminal investigation has no impact on our view. That's a quote. Uh, according to McCarthy, the NFL continues to defer to the pending action action involving child protective services. The existence or absence of a criminal investigation has no relevance to that. Uh, there was a previous report for, by Tom Pelissero of NFL Media that there's, quote, every reason to believe he'll be back for training camp. And currently, there's no reason to believe he'll be back. Um, the NFL explains that the absence of an active criminal investigation has no impact on Hill's status and that the league has delayed any investigation based on the pending Child Protective Services proceeding. So I think there, and, and that Child prote- Protective Services proceeding previously resulted in Hill's son being removed from his custody. So... Mm-hmm. The NFL is disinclined to investigate. Nice use of that word by Pro Football Talk. They're disinclined to investigate until that comes to some sort of a conclusion. I'd say in the event that there's no conclusion for some time, I, I, I would imagine Hill remains away from the team. So mm-hmm. they're taking yeah. their chances, and they're going to eat whatever suspension comes their way. Yeah. thirtieth, And they're going to have to deal with the fans in the way that they're going to have to deal with the fans. Exactly. And look, 30th wide receiver taken uh, ADP-wise in uh, NFC football leagues. I was at a mock draft uh, last Sunday. He was taken with the second pick in the sixth round. So, I mean, uh, you know, personally, <laughs> you know, I guess you get, you know, I'm, I'm avoiding him for, for, for both reasons. Uh, you know, the, the, the impact, you know, just him as a person and the, the fact that, you know, I'm going to be drafting someone that has a potential to miss significant amount of time. But I guess a lot of people just uh, holding their nose and drafting him in, in preseason draft. So, like I said, yeah, our, our friend, oh. our friend Nando uh, had that yeah, question yeah, I saw that. on, he, he had a write up about it. Um, on mm-hmm. the athletic, and he uh, sort of posed the question to Twitter as to whether or not you should feel any obligation to not draft players that you feel are bad human beings or, or whatever. Um, I guess I wouldn't criticize people for taking a stance there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, I guess I, I don't think I really have a stance on it. I really thought about it a lot, and I, I can't say that I. I'd say maybe I passively avoid those guys. I don't know that I cross them off my list, but passively mm-hmm. avoid them. The one time I, I remember making a move like that is in my IDP Dynasty League. I had Reuben Foster, and after the mm-hmm. recent domestic violence allegation, which actually didn't result in any criminal investigation, I believe he received a two-game suspension from the league, I just cut him that morning. I was like, it's like mm-hmm. the second or third time there was a domestic violence allegation towards him, so I just cut him and... I don't even know who has him now. Uh, mm-hmm. He's obviously out for the year because he got injured, so he'll have no impact on fantasy this year. But that's the, that's <laughs> right. the only time I can remember taking karma. a stance maybe like that. Karma, maybe it's karma. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's the only time I remember taking a stance like that. I'm not patting myself on the back. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I may have had players that have. I think I had Adrian Peterson on a team last year. We had this his whole incident a few years ago. Is there mm-hmm. no? Doesn't nobody get redemption there? Do you cross that guy off the list for the rest of his career, for the rest of your life? Like I, that's where it gets nebulous to me. I, I don't right, really right. know a lot about the incidents themselves, other than what I read from the NFL. You know. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, last year. I, I had uh, Kareem Hunt on a team, and as soon as the news broke, uh, I dropped him. 
Now, I'm not trying. I'm not saying that because I want a pat on the back from anyone saying, "Well, you know that." You know, that's a total but that's your take. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's your you take know. on it. Exactly. I respect yeah, that yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I I totally respect that. I understand it, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. it's something that some people think about and other people don't. You know, there were some really interesting comments to the contrary of what you were doing, saying. It's really just a game. There's not some sort of Mm -hmm. virtual locker room where these guys are getting together and I'm running an actual organization. (laughs) Um, It's a weird sort of conundrum. And some people out there are probably thinking, why are you guys even talking about it? Who cares? It's just fantasy. I draft guys that try to help me win my $200 at $300 at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't that big of a deal. But some people feel if you have a code of ethics, you just stick by it. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I, I do think it's an interesting debate. I, I could go either way. I think the sad part is I don't have a strong stance on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a strong stance on what those guys are doing. And if it came out that Tyreek Hill absolutely, without doubt, broke his son's arm, I'd, I'd hope he's sus- be suspended forever. And yeah, I would never yeah, I agree with you. But I just don't mm-hmm. really know what's going on with a lot of these incidents. I, I had Zeke right. Elliott in a league last year. I know I did. So clearly mm-hmm. my stance isn't that strong. Uh, you know, one way or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, when, I, I, when it comes I, to Tyreek, you know, they, they know something happened, obviously, because the poor kid's arm was broken. Uh, it's just the, to the point where they can't prove that. That's from what I'm reading. That's what I understand. They don't they know which prove parent did it. Yeah, which that's exactly. really it. right. Yeah. So, so that's the sad part is that kid is mm-hmm. in that scenario that. Mm-hmm. One of the parents is willing to break his arm, and the other one doesn't want right. to come forward and defend him. So, right, that's the saddest thing of all. So, mm-hmm. uh, agreed. I, I guess both people are are wrong, no matter what. The aggressor and the person that's hiding the truth are both wrong. So maybe I'll just avoid Tyreek Hill for the rest of my life. Now that I've thought about it. So, uh, <laughs> we, we okay, so through you, this. yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to talk through it. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you gave me some props here, a whole bunch of player props. These are interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting uh, stuff, sports, right? It's very early to start thinking about this, yeah. Yes. NFL most receiving yards. Well, let's, what's your favorite one? NFL defensive player, we're not going to do that. Receiving yards, MVP, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Where's Devin Bush? Plus 700. Like it. Nick Bosa, Devin White also plus 700. So 7 to 1 there. Most passing yards, regular season. The shortest odds are on my boy, Matty Ice. Three. Yeah, 3. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Plus 330. Um, but there's some other guys there. Roethlisberger at 8 to 1. Rodgers at nearly 7 to 1. Uh, who else would put up a big number? Phil Rivers, 20 to 1. Baker at twelve to one. That's that's kind of interesting. I think they'll run the ball a lot too, though. Um, and I don't think Ben will push it back to back years with hitting that the top number. Uh, NFL regular season most rushing yards. Zeke plus two sixty five. Saquon plus three hundred five. Derrick Henry plus twelve hundred. That's the interesting oh. one. The fact, yeah. Vegas. Vegas in on Derrick Henry. I think that tells you, you something know, about and, him. And it made me think about him. Yeah, it made me think yeah, about yeah. him, you know. Um, He's look, like the you same know, odds we, we know what Bell. he is. Yeah, Shorter odds than Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb. Look, he's a guy that just runs right at you, right? And the problem is, is that in the recent past, you know, he's basically come on late in the season. <laughs> you know, you just hope that this is the yeah. year where he could he could just get it done, uh, you know, from from day one. But I don't right. think Deion Lewis is much of a. You want a bold prediction right now? Absolutely, yes. Here's my uh, of the me glancing at this right now. Rushing yards. Joe Mixon at nineteen to one. I actually think Joe Mixon, I don't know that Cincinnati's going to be very good, but I think Joe Mixon's going to touch the ball a lot. Yeah. I am I really in do. on Joe Mixon, yeah. And I'll tell you, like I said, I was on a, I was a, doing a mock draft last Sunday with the folks at Fighting Chance. I had a sixth pick overall, and I took DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah. And then two picks what? later, you know, I was hoping that maybe Joe Mixon, I guess I was foolish, but I was hoping that maybe Joe Mixon would come back to me. But no, right after I pick number seven went David Johnson, who's been talking himself up. I don't know what you feel about David Johnson and uh, the fact that he's talking himself up. But we've been talking about how we think that the Cardinals haven't really revamped that offensive line. Uh, Not enough. But uh, yeah, but number eight was Joe Mixon. number nine last year. Yeah. Yeah, so but, Joe Mixon went eighth. So that gives you some yeah. sense of what people are doing. In fact, I'll go to exactly. The, yeah, I'll go to the NFFC there. I'm looking yeah, yeah, running sure. backs right now to see what mm-hmm. we have there. It's right now, and I just ran for the last week. I wanted the most recent trends. Let me let me back it up right. a week before that. Let me go to five twenty four. So I'll run basically the last two weeks. Oh no, hit the wrong button. Sorry. That's all right. I, right I have here. from February on. Uh, all right. Here I have it from May 24th okay, okay. until today. All right. Good. Um, mm-hmm. Just running backs. Saquon, McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara, Johnson, Gordon, Bell, Gurley, Connor, Mixon. So Mixon's 10th. So your draft, he trended higher, but I don't think yes. that's crazy at all because mm-hmm. in a first round regular PPR draft, 10 running backs could go. You'll have Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins in there. There could be a Kelsey in there. There could be uh, another wide receiver can push in there. But it isn't crazy to see Joe Mixon as a first-round pick right now. In fact, let me do all positions to see what they run the last two weeks. Uh, Mixon pushed out to 15 because Odell, Julio, and Michael Thomas squeezed in there as well. But if he's 15 right now, can he trend higher over the two wide receivers? Would you take him over James Conner? Yeah, people would do that. So I think Mixon really is looking at potentially being a first-round pick, and I think people realize how many touches he will get this year. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the news? Uh, and, and again, to me, it's fluff, but at the same time, uh, has some credibility to it in terms of, you know, Todd Gurley uh, really taking a step back in terms of the, the amount of work that the Rams uh, uh, provide him with. And, you know, I mean, look, when you look at what happened last season, some of the more important games of the Rams entire season, he wasn't there. Gurley was. So yep. do you take any credence into that? Or I, mean, I think it's Darryl weird to Henderson, give, a, uh, give a running back all that money. And then mm-hmm. say you're going to pull back on it. But mm-hmm. I think the trend in the NFL overall has been to share the workload with certain guys. There's a few teams out mm-hmm. there that still have these workhorse backs. You know, we're looking at the Giants of Carolina, even though McCaffrey may be slightly less traditional. Zeke Elliott, Kamara, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, and then... We see Todd Gurley and James Conner, two guys that were workhorse backs and both got hurt. Right. You know what I mean? Le'Veon Bell, we've seen him get hurt in the past. Melvin Gordon is uh, always good to miss a game or two. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. If I'm the Rams and I'm trying to get back to the Super Bowl, maybe I do share the workload with Gurley. You know, mm-hmm. 17 touches per game instead of 22, something like that. Makes sense to me. And the one good thing is we know clearly who's going to be the number two guy there right now, Daryl Henderson, right? When it comes to guys like sometimes with Melvin Gordon, it's tough to figure out who's actually going to be the guy behind him. So Daryl Henderson. We struggled with it in the past, but yeah. Go ahead. If I'm in on Gurley, got to get Henderson. If I'm in on Gurley, I'm in on Henderson. Has to, which means I, I take him earlier than I'd want to. That's the problem. You're going to waste a single-digit round pick on Daryl Henderson. All right, we'll come right back. We're going to do basketball with Kevin Walsh.